Today we're going to get started. Um, so far this year we've, we've talked about it, we've focused on the Bible. And really this whole year we're going to focus on God's Word, the Bible. Uh, if you've been here, you know in, in the past weeks we have hammered down some pretty big truth. The, the Bible is the Word of God. It's God's speech to us. That's why we give it uh, the place that it holds in our life as Christians. We talked about the fact that the Bible is living and active. It's not an ancient book that only pertains to a certain time period, but it's living and active. It's, it's relevant today. It speaks to us today. It leads us today. We talked about the fact that it is settled in heaven. Uh, it's not evolving. It's not changing. It is settled in heaven. The Bible says of itself, Thy word, O God, is settled in heaven. So it's not being pushed around by political correctness or tolerance or, or the culture. It is absolutely settled in heaven. Talked about the fact that the Bible is correct doctrine. God created you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. If you want to know how to live best in His plan for His glory, we find that from the Bible. And we're not out taking a poll. We're not trying to see what Sigmund Freud said. The Bible is correct doctrine. How do we live? Who God is? How do we have a relationship with Him? And how do we... Uh, live in the days until he comes again. The Bible is correct doctrine. And then, and then we saw, we really took two weeks to see that all of it, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, all of it points us to Jesus. And that's, that's the point of it. You know what? Uh, as, as sinful men, we needed a Savior. We needed a Redeemer. Well, guess what? Uh, provided for us by God himself through Jesus Christ. And so all of it points us to Jesus, and, and those are the truths uh, that we started with. And, and really, those are truths that the world can't accept. And you watch today, you watch the news, you watch uh, academia, the world can't accept those truths. Well, maybe it's a moral book, but it's not the Word of God. Or, or maybe it could give you some advice, but it is not correct doctrine uh, for us to follow. The world can't accept those truths. Really, Satan can't allow us to grab onto those truths. And, and that's really the core of it. Now, that's why the world's opposed to it, because Satan is opposed to it. He doesn't want us to grab onto those truths. And, and the fact of it, as we go through those weeks, is this. Now, those are the truths, however, that we must uphold as followers of Jesus Christ. And I said it the very first week, have said it a couple times uh, since then. Uh, we have to, as Christian men, stand upon the truth of God's Word. It's not enough uh, to say, well, yeah, that's it, or that's a good thing. We have to actually stand upon the truth of God's Word. Greatest thing that could happen in Vernon, Texas, greatest thing that could happen in your marriage, in your home, in your business, is for us to come back and say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm shutting the world out, and I'm going to see what God has spoken to me through His Word. But, now here's a big but. It's not enough to say that. A lot of people say that. It's not enough to know that. A lot of people know that. Man, I know what this is. Uh, we have to be changed by it. Which means this. It has to impact us as followers of Jesus Christ. It has to impact how we live. It has to impact how we think. It has to impact what we see as priorities. It's not enough just to, to know God's Word and know what God's Word is. It has to impact us as Christians. And that goes back to the fact we have to allow it to impact us. 
Remember James, we go through that study, and he's the one who said, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Another translation says, deluding yourself. Another one says, fooling yourself. Satan doesn't mind if you say, man, that's God's word and it's valuable if you do not allow it to impact your life. He doesn't mind that. You're fooling yourself. Well, James says, don't just hear it, but be doers of the word and quit fooling yourself. We're to be impacted by the word of God. All of that means this, and we're getting ready to turn a corner today. It's all about application. It's all about applying it to our lives. I know some great Bible scholars. I know some great Bible professors, and their life is a joke. It's not about knowledge. It's about taking the truth of God's Word and applying it to our lives. Well, today, as we move on with the foundation that we've already set, uh, we're going to spend the rest of this year, uh, all all the men's lunches for the rest of this year, looking at biblical truths and then applying them to our lives. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to come in, we're going to grab a hold of a biblical truth, uh, some verses, we're going to see what they're saying to us, and then we're going to leave here with the goal that we would apply those things um, to our life, that it would impact our life. Question then is this. Here's Here's our subject for today. The Christian man and the world. How are we to relate as a Christian man to the world? How are we supposed um, to, to, to move and to live and to act in a fallen world? And that's what we're going to look at today. Again, we want to be impacted by God's Word. What has God said in His Word about the Christian man and his relationship to the world? Now, let me just tell you this. A whole bunch of us get this wrong. Let's look. I'm going to read from 1 John Chapter 2, I'm going to read three verses, verses 15 through 17. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. How does a Christian man relate to the world? It says this, And do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father but it is from the world. Verse 17, The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. So verses we're going to look at um, sounds pretty tough. Sounds pretty hard as we look at those verses. Let's break it down verse by verse. Let's begin in verse 15. It says this, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. That's a command. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Here in verse 15, we see the biblical truth. And you see it throughout the New Testament. And that is this. There are two systems. In our world, there are two systems. There is the world's system. And there is God's system. Very clear in Scripture. All right, let's start there. There's the world system, and then there is God's system. And this verse, verse 15 says, but guess what? The two do not mix. The two cannot coexist. For a follower of Jesus Christ, these two worlds cannot exist as the same 
priority in our life. So there's two systems, the world system, God's system. As a Christian, these two systems cannot coexist. Let me ask you this, and you start to think about it. What do you love? And we probably have church answers. Oh, I love church. I love God. Honestly, what is it that you seek? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Oh, I, I, I love the church and I love the things of God. Where do you spend your time? Where do you put your effort? What are the things that you seek? Maybe a bigger, a bigger question is, where's your hope? Well, if I get my bills paid, if I get my house, the right house, and I get it paid down, and, and I get my retirement built up, and at it, such and such age, I'm going to be able to retire. Where is your hope? Where is your hope placed? Two answers. Either in the things of the world or in the things of God. First verse says, these two things exist, they cannot exist together for a follower of Jesus Christ. Means this, there is no middle ground. And I want to tell you, as Christians, uh, we've began to start to think, you know what, I can operate in this system, but I'm also going to remember God and try to pull in this system. It's not what the Bible says there in verse 15. The the two things cannot coexist. The second half of the verse says, you know what? If the love of the world is what motivates you, the love of the Father is not in you. The two things cannot exist together. There is no middle ground. Modern Christians do this. You know what? I know my hope's in heaven. You know what? I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus there. But in the meantime, I'm going to sell out to a cause to have bigger houses and bigger cars and a big retirement, and then I'm going to ask God to bless the world's system as I travel through it. Oh God, I need this job and I need these things, and and you bless me in the world's system as I travel with my eyes one day on your system. Guess what? Verse 15 says, if the love of the world is motivating you, the love of the Father is not in you. The two things cannot coexist. There is no middle ground. Look at verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Now what verse 16 says is this. The desire to satisfy yourself, the lust of the flesh, and that can take a whole lot of different forms, but what that basically says is I want to satisfy me. The lust of the flesh, the desire to satisfy yourself, the lust of your eyes, which means this, I see that and I want that. And I see what he has and I'd like to have some of that. And I go to the mall and I see stores of things and I want some of that. The lust of the eyes, the desire to grab those things. And then the last part of that, um, to, to be esteemed because you have that stuff. And you think about it, our measure of success is the person that has the most comfort and the most things. That's what that last part is saying. You know, I I boast in the pride of life. I've got more things than you, and I've got more stuff than you, and therefore I've got more comfort than you, and so I am more successful than you. I put all that together, and it comes down to this. Greed. I want to satisfy myself. I want more and more stuff, and I want you to esteem me because I have more stuff than you. Guess what? Those desires, greed, the Bible says, verse 16, that is not 
from God. Now what that means is if that's our goal, and that's where we're lured to, to, to spend our time and our wealth and our energy, we have bought into a system that's not God's system. I watch people when they come to church and they're tired and they're stressed out and they've spent money they don't have and, and they're trying to pay for things they can't afford and the credit cards are maxed out and, and maybe something's going on at work and they're all chewed up. They come, man, I don't know how I got here. And the, the truth is, you know what? They've invested in a system that is not God's system. Verse 17. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Now what verse 17 says is this. You know what? Those things aren't from God. Verse 16, and then it tells us the truth about the world system. It says this. It does not last. It does not endure. It produces no lasting good. You know what? You can chase after those things. You can spend your time and your effort to accumulate those things. That's where your hope can be. But the Bible says those things will not last. They will not endure. They will produce no lasting good. Now, let me tell you, I cannot picture a sadder thing than to chase after the things of this world, to invest the days that you've been given. And I want to tell you, uh, each day is a prize, and you're investing it somewhere. To invest those days in the things of the world and to get all the way to the end and find out, you know what, they hold no value. Saddest thing I can imagine. I, I, I was given these opportunities and I was put into this situation and, and God placed me here for a specific purpose for His glory and I chased it after the world's things and I invested in the things of the world and I got all the way to the end. And even if I got it all, I find out, you know what? It holds absolutely no value. Verse ends and it says, But the one who does the will of God lives forever and what that means at the end of that verse is this world system does not pay the world's system does not endure the world system does not last but there is something that lasts there is something that's permanent came across some verses in the book of proverbs i, I try to read a, a, a chapter in the book of proverbs every day uh, if you notice, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Try to read whatever day that is. That chapter, it takes about five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, we always talk about, man, I would like to have godly wisdom. I'd like to make great decisions. I've made some dumb, dumb decisions. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to make godly decisions. Well, book of Proverbs, here's God's wisdom. And so I go and I read a, a chapter a day. Uh, came across some verses that I think put it into this put it into terms like this. Now think about this. Proverbs 23 verse 17 says this. And do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Think about how we live today. We, we sit around, and most of us aren't going to say it, but we think, you know what, it's that car that I need. It's that job that I need. It's, it's that boat that I need. It's these things that I need. It's that life. Look at that life and how cruddy my life is. It's that life 
that I need. And you look around, the whole world's enticing us to buy into the world system. That's the life you need. Those are the things you need. Look around. I watch TV. Watch a beer commercial, a Viagra commercial. Man, look at that. That's the life. Look at these people. Look at their stuff. They're always standing on a yacht somewhere. Who has a yacht? Man, that's, that's the things we want to seek after. And the Bible says, God in His wisdom says, do not be envious of those cruddy things because they will not last. Solomon says, that's not your answer. You live with a fear, a respect for God. You sell out to His system. Verse 18 in Proverbs says this, 23, And surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Don't be envious of that stuff. Don't chase that stuff. You focus on God. You live to honor Him, and then there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. I was sitting at my desk thinking about this, and kind of think of an analogy that fits this. Remember the guy in high school who was cool. Maybe that guy was you. Uh, Remember the guy in high school that was, man, this guy was cool. This guy had it all. If if there was something cool, he had that thing. And remember the fads come, and whatever the fad is, he's got that thing. This guy always does cool things. I, I did dumb and goofy things. He always did cool things. Man, that's a cool thing that he does. Always had cool clothes. Uh, Man, I grew up in the greatest generation, the greatest decade, the 80s. Man, this guy looked like Bon Jovi. Coolest clothes. Always had the coolest clothes. Always had the coolest cars. Um, In my age, it was was an IROC Z28 or a Monte Carlo SS. Man, look look at the cool car this guy has. Always had the coolest girlfriends. Man, and, and maybe a couple of them. Man, the coolest girlfriends this guy has. And here I am, kind of heavy set. Um, had a Ford pickup that we bought wrecked and we rebuilt it. Was an offensive lineman and had a girlfriend that looked like an offensive lineman. <laughs> was glad to have her, was glad to have her. Tack on... 20 years. This is pretty, <laughs> to, to think about this. 20 years go by, go to the class reunion. And I remember coming to the class reunion, I looked kind of the way I did back then, coming into the class reunion, and there's that guy, coolest guy. Now he's fat, has diabetic shoes on, he's bald, he came up in a Dodge Caravan that was smoking as he pulled in, uh, he's on his third wife, his kids don't like him, and there he is, the cool guy, there he is. And I remember sitting there looking, I had a guy there, my friend, and I said, man, this guy peaked way too early. Think about us. One day, each of us will wrap it up. And it may be sooner for some of you than, than others. It may be when he comes back. It may be uh, whenever we pass away. But each of us, we're going to wrap it up. And on that day, we're going to see Jesus. And the truth of the matter is this, we either will have lived for the temporary thing that did not last, that did not endure, and we're going to have to look Jesus in the eye saying, you know what, I only had these days and I wasted them for a temporary thing, or we'll be able to sit there and say, you know what, dumb, messed up, 
But as best as I knew how, I lived for an eternal purpose for the glory of God. You either live a wasted life or a life that matters. Application. Be that guy. Live that life. Live to honor the one true living God. Glad you're here today. Let me lead us in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. I'll ask if you'll stand.